All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And Dylan, one of our favorite times of the year um, as we get ready for the start of the NFL season, but we get to talk about fantasy football. In our fantasy football primer for the 2023 NFL season, we're going to talk about some of the you know top players and the, the top positions um, and then some breakout candidates, some sleeper picks as well. Um, and we'll see at the end of the season which one of these uh, – perhaps breakout candidates or sleeper picks we get right but Dylan uh let's jump into like just the the top guys at some of the again your main positions quarterback running back wide receiver I don't know if we can necessarily label tight end as a a great position (laughs) anymore but at least there's there's value at the top uh in terms of what some of these guys produce but let's start with the quarterbacks um you know I know not running back wide receiver will be most people's first thing but we'll just start at the top here in terms of Looking at the quarterbacks, no surprise to see um, the usual candidates again near the top. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. Um, you know, I think you've got Lamar in there, Joe Burrow going to be in that conversation as well. feels like to me, Dylan, when you look at this this top tier of quarterbacks, I feel like there's a pretty clear top five, and it's these five guys we just mentioned. Um, I think the most interesting aspect is going to be who are the guys below them? And yeah. we'll—I have a feeling we're going to bring up a couple of those guys in terms of the, the breakout candidates, probably. But um, it seems like you know, if you're in a position where you know your draft strategy is, I want to make sure I get one of the top quarterbacks. If that's what you're going for, then I would—I would probably look at one of these top five, and then after that, I feel like I don't know if it's a significant drop off, but um, I do—I do think these are you know, in terms of production, these are the guys you're probably most confident in. Yeah, hundred percent. I think there's there's maybe a little bit of a group of separation. I, I know we put in here. I, I like mark them all. In, uh, I like group of five or so under tier one. But I think based on where most guys are being drafted and where I understand like reasonably expectations would lie, you're seeing more Mahomes, Hurts, Allen in some order kind of earlier um, than the others. Depending on if you're in a twelve team league, they might be end of the second round, early third round. Um, and then you kind of wait a sec till you see the Burrow and Lamar. I mean, obviously, even if the Ravens, for everything they say about how they're going to be throwing the ball more and it's not going to be an offense built on just run first Lamar Jackson stuff, uh, we know inevitably he's still going to find his openings and take them. And nonetheless, uh, and that works quite well for a fantasy quarterback as, um, as long as he stays on the field, obviously. It's that next group that, yeah, I think it's it's kind of – like sometimes you will see them bunched together the same way. Like right now on fantasy pros, you have um, in half PPR leagues, Mahomes at 24 overall uh, pick hurts, 26 Allen, 27. Sometimes you'll see that group. Then you'll see a big drop off before the next one, but it's kind of a trickle down between, I think some people trying to predict um, at least after that next group, as we, as you mentioned, Lamar at 39 and then we have Burrow at 45. I think where you see Justin Fields at 50, I think that's, kind of trying to jump on what happened last year with Jalen Hurts in terms of finding the yeah. next guy that's – and, I mean, he was a league winner for me in uh, my uh, league with my college buddies. Like, I I forget if I drafted him, and that's a 14-team league. I forget if it was the fifth round or what it was. But, I mean, that ended up being – even though he was injured for the uh, fantasy playoffs, um, he ended up being a big reason we got there. And, uh, obviously, finding that, that kind of guy, getting the value still kind of high in the draft at receiver and running back, and then still being able to get a quarterback that produces – um, at that kind of level can be a league winner. So you see with, yeah, I think people are looking at Justin Fields as maybe he's that guy. That'd be fantastic. I'd love if Justin Fields went went nuclear this year and put up top three, four fantasy numbers um, at, at the position and uh, whatever that means for the Bears record. I think you'll, you would take it as a Bears fan if you're a, 
seeing those kind of that kind of production and what it could mean for your team um, and roster. But yeah, I, I've I understand that top five. I, I always I mean if I got I think like that top three though again Mahomes hurts Allen. I think they're kind of in their own group. If you can get them even a little lower than this, like more so in the in the thirties range for a, a draft where. Uh, members are purposely, you know, trying to load up at more premium positions. I wouldn't be opposed to doing it because uh, those guys, at the end of the day, having someone you can rely on, it just makes it so much easier. How many fantasy seasons we've probably all had where you just are constantly week to week trying to maybe not um, deciding between quarterbacks to pick up on the fantasy wire, but maybe you have like two guys and you're like never confident of who's going to be that one week where they just can't find it can't get it going so i understand for people that do um even though i've always traditionally myself kind of held off on taking qbs until at least the middle rounds um i understand why you'd uh draft one of those three that high because it just makes it so much easier but the next group behind them like i i think i would still take lamar um next after the the, the top three and then between burrow and fields I, I or herbert i know he's not even that much further down i think you can make an argument for any of them but it's which one I, I honestly be, would be comfortable with any of those guys. I'm just trying to get them just a little further down if I can from that uh, from the spots that are being taken right now. And I think that's uh, the difference. Because after the after Lawrence, I mean, Trevor's like the next uh, QB and down. I think it looks like more so in the uh, in the in the 80s or uh, 70s or so range. And then after that, there's a big drop off to the Sean Watson's Dax and to uh, Daniel Jones, and that's where. Yeah, I'd love to believe that one of those guys can be a top five fantasy quarterback, but I just—it's just you're going to have that doubt in the back of your mind, and um, maybe Dak can be that guy. But again, as I've talked about, at least um, I'm not concerned so much with him. But going from Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy there, and uh, seeing what that means, it sounds like they want to run the football even more than a team that's already run the football quite a bit. So uh, what that means for Dak's fantasy value, I'm not sure. Um, I'd feel pretty good though about maybe any of that group of like four to eight guys um, after the top three if they just fall a little bit further down. I'm feeling pretty good, and I think Lawrence. I don't know, fan, you know, obviously last year late in the season, I'm sure a lot of people won fantasy leagues that had him because he went off basically the whole like last five, six, seven weeks of the year. Um, but I think he's starting to creep into that area where I feel pretty good about them, and their defense still has a lot of work to do, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. For a fantasy quarterback, it often means you have to score a lot of points to win games. So that might mean good things for Trevor Lawrence. All right. The running backs, um, you know, kind of your usual guys here, except for one newcomer, as we know. Christian McCaffrey seemingly at the top. And, of course, you know, this is a little bit different. It depends on what kind of uh, league you're in. If you're in standard, half PPR, PPR, yep. these will – these will fluctuate a little bit, but you guys, I think, know by now who the guys are catching the passes, and that's why Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, um, you know, certainly I think Tony Pollard's value goes way up now um, moving forward, and, you know, he's someone that I think is in this range somewhere as well. Derrick Henry, to me, Dylan's an interesting one. Um, I don't know that I'm as confident in putting him in this top five of uh, this group, although, yeah. look, he's not going to be much further behind that, but um you know I, I just don't i don't know that i see that and of course you know again nick chubb's going to be in the mix uh and then there's the the rookie which is boy always an interesting <laughs> dynamic um when you talk about what john robinson could do with the falcons but as we've said before it's a team that likes to run the ball um you know and i think just the way that the roster is made up i feel like they are certainly going to feed him a lot even though we've seen them use it feels like four running backs a season for the past 
however many years. Um, and then, Dylan, let's add in the ultimate wild card here of Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if I mentioned Saquon Barkley, but he's also in the mix. But, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, what, we don't even know he's going to play for. So it's yeah. like, you know, if we assume he's not going to play for the Colts, well, all of a sudden, you know, he could be someone that winds up, I don't know, in the top three maybe, depending on where he goes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this is, as always, I mean, this is just such a – an interesting position, but I think you've got a pretty good group of eight to ten guys that you feel pretty strongly about. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs could be someone in that category, but I think it's pretty clear at this point. McCaffrey, Eckler, Chubb, to me, or I'd call them as close to locks as you could probably get. Uh, just in terms of those three, yeah, maybe rolling the dice a little bit on a Robinson or a Derrick Henry, even maybe Saquon a little bit. Uh, I'm pretty high on Tony Pollard. I think that, you know, he's someone as well. I just, I feel really good about um, just in that offense, even though like you just talked about, there's a little bit of a change there, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is the group you're used to seeing at the top with a, with a Bijan Robinson added in and just the unknowns of what a Jonathan Taylor could be depending on who he's playing for. Yeah. The only thing with, so with Pollard, I love Tony Pollard. I know we've talked about him a lot on the spot, just in general, more from a football than a fantasy kind of perspective my concern there was some stuff about last year obviously as the injury and how he recovers from that will be a big thing but just times where there'd be games where he's things are clicking going off and it'll be uh, there was a quote from like the mid third quarter of one game where he basically had a long touchdown run and said that's all I got today and didn't play the fourth <laughs> quarter didn't play the rest of the third um and they're the most recent kind of I think Dan Graziano or ESPN they had a quote about how they're still trying to limit his touches uh, with Zeke gone and just making sure they don't overwork him um, as they kind of make him the, the the running back one. So what that means fantasy wise, I we'll see. I still think he's uh, belongs kind of towards the top of the group, but there's a little more hesitation than I would have. Yeah. Just uh, when I think about the Dallas Cowboys offense, the offensive line, and what what I just said about Mike McCarthy and the philosophy of wanting to run more, um, we'll just see who that guy is. Maybe it might be more of a split, but I still think I feel pretty highly about him. But yeah, I think like you said, that top three with McCaffrey, Eckler, and Chubb, I feel so great about all those guys. Chubb just an absolute workhorse and it hasn't slowed down one bit. I don't know if I'm as concerned because of the you know the Browns have done a good job over the years of not. Even if he is clearly the running back one, they've done a good job of breaking things up and not, you know, giving him some drives off. And he's not always the the, the guy back there. So I don't know if you're as concerned as you know what started to happen maybe last year with Derrick Henry had kind of had a resurgence at one point, but early in the year didn't look quite the same. So I, I understand why, like you said, he might be just on the outside. I think I feel a lot better right now about Josh Jacobs than Jonathan Taylor because they at least have a they got that deal finally put in the place yeah. and we actually know where he's going to be. And the Raiders are a team that. Um, as much as uh, you know, some question marks about the offensive line, I think they're a better run-blocking group. We saw what they did last year with Jacobs, and I don't think there's any reason to believe that can't, he can't still be a, a pretty effective fantasy running back, and I still think they're going to make him a, a focal point of the offense. Taylor, like you said, it's, it's uh, a wild card at this point. I mean, as the main reason I love having drafts right before the regular season starts, to give your, everyone plenty of time to see the actual injury news going into the season, but also, in this case, where the heck he's going to be so um I, I i you know i know miami's been the like the one that's been the most heavily uh, mentioned only concern there is we know that mike mcdaniel and that team are going to use a lot of running backs still they already have some guys in, in place that they feel good about so i don't think they're going to rush to necessarily get jonathan taylor but uh he yeah he's definitely the wild card i you know we forget yeah, because last year things did not it was he was like the stone cold lock of the century number one pick right or <laughs> number one running back at least and 
did not pan out that way at all um, for uh, for a number of reasons, not just uh, because of his own fault. That offensive line, man, it really had some struggles. But he's the – I want to feel good about him, but and you could take a shot maybe if you are if you have a, a deeper draft and you kind of – maybe you get a receiver really high and he's uh, – Say you're in a 12-team league and he falls to like the middle of second round, and you, you know you need a running back, and you're looking but behind him, and you're like, oh, I don't know about <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson. And as much as I love the the player in New England, it's always interesting with fantasy running backs, as we know. So um, you got some Najee Harris, Jameer Gibbs down here. And speaking of a rookie, a lot of hype around him. He's in the kind of in the uh, 30 or low 30s range, but. I'm excited to see Bijan. I maybe I'm not as I know they still have some other running backs and still feel like we'll see how quickly he becomes yeah. like the, the the bell cow kind of back. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be exactly the case, but I, I still would not feel terrible just given what we saw from the Falcons' offense. Given what uh, you know, we talked about it briefly in the NFC episode, just how big their offensive line is. Um, how you know with Desmond Ritter, we know this team's going to want to set things up and make give him as many easy passing situations as they can that often uh comes with running the football and forcing the defense to uh, you know commit more guys to the box so yeah i i feel okay about him behind that next group right with saquon saquon all i mean running man running backs get them early i know there's like a, there's some stuff right now about you know going zero rb and early on just floating up on the top receivers and that's all great but Man, it's I don't care even if you're in PPR. You need some running backs, and the the guys, the amount of guys you can reliably count on going into the season seems to always be shrinking. There's a lot of great running backs in the league, as we know, but this is the problem. The same reason why they're not getting paid as well as they believe what their value is. There's so many good players, and then there's a lot of teams have more than one guy. So if you can get one of these guys at the top, I'm I'm sorry. As much as I love Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson and some of these receiver Jamar Chase. I'm probably taking one of those top three, and I'm still feeling pretty good. Even I'm ta- I'm rolling the dice on Saquon because I know he stayed healthy for the relatively healthy for the first time in a while. But when he is that good and is on the field, I mean that can be a, a big reason that you're able to go deep in the playoffs. And you look at the rest of the teams in your league that are struggling to figure out the running back situations. You want to feel good about that. So um, I think if you're th- uh, out of these guys though, outside of McCaffrey Eckler, I think Chubb's the one. If you're if you're trying to if you can get Nick Chubb. And you just don't want to have any uh, concerns about risk. I think he's probably maybe the safest um, guy here. I just feel the best about him and that offensive line and what uh, he's going to be able to do. As and maybe finally realizing also as a pass catcher they can use him a bit more uh, last season. So excited to see what Nick Chubb uh, and the Browns do. But man, it's going to be a f- fun season for for Atlanta with Bijan. I, the hype. There's a reason the hype's there. You see the flashes <laughs> in in, uh, in training camp and in the uh, the brief. Um, preseason i know we didn't play in the last preseason game but some of the other ones and yeah he looks like the real deal right off the bat there's a, you could strike gold with him and end up having a you know a league winner type guy um I, i'm not as hesitant with him as i might be with some uh, rookies that usually are kind of taken into this conversation just given the situation atlanta's in yeah that's definitely one of the more interesting ones that it is it's interesting that um Bijan and jonathan taylor are the two most fascinating guys in this group and they kind of you know, Bajan's in the former Jonathan Taylor role um, where he's landed the new guy and everyone's kind of banking on a, a huge season. So we'll see if that happens. All right, wide receiver. Boy, this is an interesting group too. Um, again, PPR, half PPR standard, all all matters when it comes to choosing exactly where some of these guys are going to be. Yeah. But I don't think it, no matter what 
format you're playing in. Um, my guess is you're going to have Justin Jefferson at the very top. Um, I can't imagine you're going to put anyone else there. Jamar Chase, probably a close second. Tyreek Hill, we know, could have a huge year. Yep. Once again, um, we saw that. You know, I think I think I might have been the guy that predicted, yeah, you know, I just don't know about Tyreek Hill. And like, eh, well, we saw what can happen with him. <laughs> um, he's still really good, of course. So he's there. I mean, after that, Dylan, I think you've got, you know, that group where you start to look at, you know, Cooper Cup, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think in A.J. Brown with the Eagles, it's always interesting just based on, the, you know, what Jalen Hurts has become. Stephon Diggs probably, you know, going to be in that category for a lot of people as well. I'll be honest, the Devontae Adam, Adams one, I'm just not – I don't know, man. I, I get it, but <laughs> it, it quarterback play matters, right? And, and I just uh, – I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I'm – He's dropped down the board a little bit. Let's just put it that way. Like, he's not the guy that's in the top three right now. But he's probably still, you know, in your top ten range, especially when you kind of look at what's around him after that. But So that's probably where you would start. CeeDee Lamb as well. Again, if you're banking on the Cowboys offense and what they can be. Um, Amonra St. Brown's another interesting one. We talked about kind of his emergence last year um, with the Lions. And, yeah. again, if we're all kind of projecting the Lions to be a playoff team and those kind of things, it's going to have to be – with him involved for sure um so seems to me Dylan that's you know I don't know that's eight or nine guys I think we threw in there but um I think it's pretty clear Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase yeah probably Tyreek Hill to me in some I would say in some order I think you're I think I would go that order Jefferson Chase Tyreek Hill one through three after that I think that's where you can you know have the argument whether you want a a Cooper Cup CeeDee Lamb Stephon Diggs those kind of guys right there afterwards yeah, hundred percent. I I'd feel good about this group uh, overall, though. I mean, there's just so many talented receivers. It's kind of ridiculous uh, every year. These yeah. the rookie classes come through, and you see now Justin going into his what third season, and it's he hasn't really. I mean, he's already clear, like you said, clear cut the top guy. Jamar just insane. Let's hold their whole team, man, or uh, the, the whole group of that LSU receiving group. I mean, it's just hilarious the talent they have. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel that top three. I agree. I, as much as I love Cooper Cup, I'm keeping him probably just a little bit under that group because I, you know, they're going to have to go to him a ton. Teams are going to know that. I know he beats double teams constantly, but I think it, you know you see the difference. Uh, you know, in certain parts of the. Um, you know, back when Robert Woods was really cooking with the Rams offense and when they had Odell for the end of the Super Bowl season, when you have that second option, it, it, not just does that guy get a lot of openings because of having a Cooper Cup on their team, but it just really allows uh, defense not just to sit and only defend one guy. I know the Rams have some other good players and are excited to see what they can do, but um, I really think that's the his, – his volume we know is going to be high, but you see the, the toll it can take too. They, they use him in such a physical role as a run blocker as well. What that means for his health, I, yeah, I, I think he's still in that group, but I, I think I feel a bit better. I know Tyreek, obviously, he's got some little dings here and there, but feeling pretty good about Jefferson, Chase, and Hill, and I think it's in that order. I, definitely Jefferson, as you said, at the top. Um, after that, there's guys that I think could sneak up into, like when we're looking at the end of the season, who finishes top five along with that three. Uh, I know maybe I'm reading too much into it, you know, watching some of the, the brief moments in that first drive between Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson in the season <laughs> preseason finale. But I, I think the chemistry is definitely growing there. And I think at, right now at the he's 10th overall in fantasy pros at, at the receiver position. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you saw Garrett Wilson finish top five. I know last yeah. year was kind of a frustrating player, but um, in terms of week-to-week production, it was hard to know as I had him in uh, the league that I won. I didn't always play him on weeks that he had a lot of points. Other times I he put up, I think – basically nothing at certain points and uh 
I, I don't know if you're going to be as concerned. You look at the Jets, obviously, there's a huge difference in quarterback play um, going to Aaron Rodgers from what they've had in the past. Like you said, different situation for Devontae where you're going from, I mean, I still feel pretty good about him, but, yeah, we saw the natural chemistry. We knew that him and Derek had played at Fresno State and knew each other really well and were great friends and all these things that with Jimmy, we'll see how quickly it, it, it comes together. I, they have a lot of talented players. I do think that does help. Devonte, this it's not this isn't like the at times where I think the Rams Steve offense can be a little especially on third downs they know where the Rams are trying to go to Cooper Cup and obviously Vegas is still trying to go to Devonte but it's just hard a t- team I think that's a little more at the receiving position right now there's a lot of great route runners as we talked about and I think I still feel okay about Devonte but where he is at nine obviously we've been used to him being kind of in that conversation where we're like all right top three four guys no matter what even when he went to to Vegas from Green Bay. Um, I don't know if it's that same conversation because I do think the Garrett Wilsons of the world and the Amon and say Browns, like these guys are focal points of their offenses, but also I don't think such to the point where a defense is just completely trying to only take them away. Um, as you mentioned, I love AJ Brown. He's sometimes a boomer bust guy um, just because of the amount of receiving talent they have. And there's some games yeah. where Philly's just not going to need to throw the ball a lot because they're going to run over teams. I think CD is definitely, I mean, I know he's already basically in the top five here at sixth overall. I, I think he's the guy I would put um, and I feel the best maybe about in this next group of getting in, uh, being a top five score and possibly ahead of some of those other guys at the top, just because uh, even if Dallas just tried to run the ball more, CD is that guy for them. And they're, they have so much balance on, on offense though. You're like, that's the thing that's doomed the Rams too and to Cooper cup. So, uh, you know, make it tougher. There is a team that can become predictable at times until they're able to really establish the run game again. They just have not done it. Dallas does not have that problem. Um, and I think that as we've seen with CD and what they've uh, kind of were able to do with them last year, I'm not overly worried about him having a huge fall off, you know, going away from Kellen Moore. I think the Cowboys identify just how talented this guy is. I think he does have that true number one talent. I put him right up there. I, I didn't even talk about Diggs, but I, you know, I, I always feel great about Stefan Diggs. I know there's a lot of stuff made of the on the sideline and all the banter back and forth with him and Josh, and, and obviously they're great friends, but also can get fiery in the moment of some of these games. But at the end of the day, these are really high competitors. Uh, I think Josh Allen's, you know, all world, obviously. So to put Diggs right there, I, I wouldn't. I might. I know in this order they have with Cup above Diggs. I might take Diggs above Cup. That could. I could really come back to bite me. It's not a lack of loving Cooper Cup, as you know, but I, I feel pretty good about Diggs and Lamb maybe in the next group um, right there with the top three. All right. Well, felt great about running back, wide receiver, quarterbacks. Now we're to the tight ends, <laughs> um, which I don't know how long we'll spend on these because – Again, you want to talk about I mean, it's it's well documented at this point, kind of what this group has looked like over the past couple of years, still dominated by the usual names at the top. Uh, you're going to look at Travis Kelsey as a top-producing receiver-type guy, not just a tight end, so he's just kind of part of this group now. Mark Andrews, um, you know, I think a lot of that's all going to be dependent on, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, and that's kind of been the connection we've seen there. And so I think those, to me, are the very clear top two um i know tj hawkinson kind of included in that same range for a lot of people as well uh but i again i think kelsey and andrews to me are 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 one and two there in that order hawkinson three but maybe a little bit behind after that dylan i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know what to make of some of these guys and what they're gonna do this season now george kettle you would think will be just fine um but we always talk about it's you know 
<laughs> there's enough to go around. You just talked about it with the Eagles. So, I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed in this 49ers offense. And so, you know, it's, I think yeah. I felt okay. Yeah, I mean, and I felt okay having Kittle towards the end of last year at times. But it's like, yeah, it's it's not the George Kittle of however many years ago, um, just from a fantasy production standpoint. You got Darren Waller, who's now with the Giants, which I think, you know, I, I still probably am okay with it um, to, to have him as kind of one of the next guys in this tier. But, again, I'm just not – anywhere near as confident as I would be with one of those top three, even if, if Darren Waller may wind up being the guy right behind him. And then you've got Kyle Pitts. we got to talk about Kyle Pitts because, again, was the fantasy darling last year. We know the production just was not um, – I don't know. You know. It just was not there. Let's call it what it is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram, a little bit of a resurgence last year with the, with the Jags. Um, Dallas Goddard's always, a, I think, a fine option just, again, within that Eagles offense, but there's a lot to go around. So I don't have much more to say about this position, Dylan. I think it's <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Hawkinson, or bust maybe for me. If, if you want to put Waller in there with a the Hawkinson range, that may be okay, but I just I think it's one of those three guys, and everyone else is probably – Hit or miss at times, uh, just given the position. I think you gave a pretty good uh, breakdown there. I think you're, you're on top of your tight ends more than you think. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, that's it starts, you know, obviously with Kelsey and Andrews, but I think that's where I would I, – they kind of have on Fantasy Pros tiers like we like to do it, and they they have Hawkinson in Tier 1 before a, a larger pool of Tier yeah. 2. I'd probably go Kelsey, Andrews, 1-2. That's Tier 1. Tier 2 – is maybe like uh, like you said. I think I, I feel pretty good about Waller and, and the role that and how Dable's going to be able to use him and what he can mean as an outlet for Daniel Jones. I just think that that's going to work in my mind. I don't know if it's going to. I'm not putting it again. I, I'm not predicting. Unlike some of these other ones, where I'm like maybe C.D. Lamb ends up in the top three or maybe this running back ends up here. Like I, I don't think uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking Stone Cold block for me that Kelsey and Andrews are in some order going to be one two probably Kelsey at the top. But I think Waller does. I feel pretty good about that. I'd feel okay if I'm not going to reach for him. But if he falls down to his um, his ADP, which was I, I know I'm looking at their order, so let me see where he's actually going um, for the most part. Yeah, at 61. Uh, yeah, depending on your situation running, if you don't feel like you've addressed running back and uh, well enough, and maybe those top quarterbacks are off the board already, and you, now you're going to wait a little bit longer to get your guy. I'd feel okay about taking him there in that range. Um, I, I do think he's going to be a a solid performer and this is a position that i i like to have settled to an extent have historically not really often had it, uh, this position settled I'm, I'm i'm the guy that every week is looking at matchups and picking someone up and just hoping i strike gold for yeah. that one week it's worked out at times but it's tough i mean that's the nature of tight end obviously um hawkinson i just i just don't in my mind he's not quite in that tier i, I wouldn't put him right up there with kelsey andrews but i think him and waller maybe in some order are probably the next tier down and then kittle Man, he's a, he's a tough one. I, I feel I might put right now they have Kittle at five and Goddard at six. I might feel a little better about Goddard. I did have him in that one league last year, and I felt pretty good week to week about that. It wasn't you know obviously the, the best tight end, but it wasn't the worst. And you feel like you still have a guy that is going to have solid performance in production, which you can't always say you can trust with everyone on here. Um, so I'd, I'd put maybe Goddard um, into that group with Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson in Tier 2. Then i break it down to Tier 3, and it starts with Pitts. I, maybe, I love to see Kyle Pitts go off and live up to all the fantasy hype. I think he's more likely a Tier 2, mid, uh, maybe a little ahead of those guys I just said. He has that kind of potential there. 
But, I can't and, do it again, Dylan. I know last year I can't I can't do it again. I'd rather be pleasantly surprised than yeah. um and enjoy just watching Pitts without having to think about fantasy every time I watch him. <laughs> so I think I wouldn't I don't know if I'd necessarily draft him, but I'm not uh, against anyone that does in the range he's going and um looking down the list, yeah, it gets kinda everyone's just kind of in the middle at a certain point. Um may, maybe with Pickett's um I think a lot of people are high on how Kenny Pickett's kind of played, obviously, in the preseason. It's just preseason. He's been going off, obviously, last year. A gamer kind of guy that was able to win a lot late in the season. Um, I don't know how much they're really ever going to be a team that's going to have the kind of volume passing, at least uh, overall. But I think Fryermuth, at least above like this group that he's with, with uh, Dalton Schultz in Houston and, and Joku in Cleveland. And I'd put him – I like where he is ahead of those guys. I know Evan Ingram's kind of in this range, too, but – I think Fryermuth at least could has the potential to be at least a, a guy that's you could rely on week to week. I'm not saying you're feeling great about it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too highly of the Steelers, and I'll, we'll talk about them a bit in our next in our next episode, predict, making our season predictions. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's tight end, it's fantasy football. It is what it is. If you can get one that's if it's Dallas Goddard for me, like after, in that range, I do it um, just so you don't have to be the guy every week claiming people it's just a it's a tough life um if you can get one of the top two guys great it makes sense that's wonderful but only two out of every 12 people to 14 people listening to this are going to be able to do that so it's gonna be it's a lot of you're going to be trying to figure things out on the fly otherwise yeah i i think for me unless it's unless i get travis kelsey i'm doing the week-to-week thing again that seemed to be um the, the rotating Way just seemed to work better for me. So, um, yeah, that's probably the direction that, that I would go in. So, all right, let's talk about some of the breakout candidates. We kind of already mentioned these guys, but Dylan, we'll, we'll throw in anybody else quickly that we want to. Um, then we'll get to the sleeper picks, which I think is the most interesting of the group. Um, all right, breakout candidates. We, again, we've talked about Tony Pollard, um, Garrett Wilson. You mentioned him. John Robinson, just by nature of being a rookie and having a chance to be a top five Perhaps fantasy guy. I think he certainly falls in the mix. Um, you know, Jameer Gibbs, someone else I think is interesting with the Lions, as we know. Um, yeah, so he's someone else that I think it, that could be, you know, one of those ones that you see really break out just, uh, you know, depending on how they use him. But I, I think he's going to be pretty r- remarkable in that offense. And um, so, yeah, I think he definitely qualifies. And then, of course, Justin Fields. Which, you know, I know you kind of got on our list here, Dylan, if we kind of include him in the, the breakout category. I still yeah. think you can because I, I think there's a lot of ways he can get better. Yeah. And so if that happens, um, he could be, you know, he might wind up being one or two. And I know it's crazy to think he could be one, but, like, realistically, just given what he can do with his legs and we saw just kind of some of the, the wild things, he could wind up being, you know, one of the, the top two or three options uh, for sure. So that's just kind of who we have in the breakout a list and again dylan if you want to add anything else on those guys but uh i'll save my others for the sleeper category yeah i know sleeper and breakouts are just a little different obviously sleepers usually guys deeper down um in drafts at least that's how i've kind of always thought about it because breakouts usually guys we've seen in one a couple cases yeah with the running the rookies here and gibbs and robinson not that that's not the case but i don't think anyone's really sleeping on those guys and the roles they're going to have in detroit and in atlanta so um i yeah yeah, I would love for Pollard to break out and become a top three, four guy. Just for the reasons I talked about, I, I have my concerns there, but I still think he's worth mentioning. Obviously, talked about Garrett Wilson when we went through the receivers and why I, I feel pretty good about that happening. Justin, yeah, um, man, I, I 
I, I want to see it. I want it to happen, not just because I, I loved watching him play coming out of college and was really excited for what it could mean for Chicago and felt good about them. All right, all right, finally, are the Bears going to have a quarterback? Um, just a complete side tangent real quick. I did not realize, because the Bears passing game historically has been, uh, let's say, not great. Um, <laughs> Their leading receiver all time. Went to my college, UC Santa Barbara, which hasn't had a D1 football team, I think, since the 70s. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a bleak uh, amount of, even for when you have really talented pass catchers there, they haven't always had the best guys throwing them the ball. So maybe Justin can kind of break those things out. I know a lot of this is contingent on him running and being just fantastic that way. But I, I do think if Fields can stay healthy, I feel better. It's still a team that's going to need to score a lot of points to compete because I think the defense still is a couple – more than a couple of pieces away it's going to take a little more time i like the process they have and you know they've added to the offensive line i think that will help so as long as justin stays healthy uh, i'm a i'm a believer even if uh, i could backfire badly but yeah those, those those are kind of the guys in that range of like all right let's look at the group that's behind the top one two tiers who could really break through i i'd love to, i'm just excited to see what detroit does with gibbs uh, obviously they've talked a lot about it there's a reason they see all the videos of them freaking out going crazy when they're able to draft him after trading back and um yeah i think uh i don't think he's just going to be your typical running back and that's what they've kind of said and uh you're going to have a guy that's going to be more so i'm not putting him onto the level obviously of a christian mccaffrey and austin eckler but when you think about receiving guys that are basically running backs and receivers at the same time that that do it at the top of the game um i think gibbs maybe within a few years i wouldn't be shocked if you see him with the kind of i don't know if you're ever going to predict the, the production that at times mccaffrey's put up and even eckler but you could at least see the the kind of split of like all right he's getting this many targets this many carries and yeah. with that offensive line um and um, some of the talented players they have around him i wouldn't be surprised if he uh even if you think that Bijan maybe is just a more a better pure running back i wouldn't be surprised over time if gibbs in a few years from now we're like all right this is another one of these weapons uh, he's not just uh, a running back he's a weapon all right let's talk about some of these sleeper picks because again this you, you may have different criteria of what you call a sleeper player i think dylan and i may also have different criteria in terms of what we look at but I think there is uh, quite a few interesting choices here, Dylan. We're going to start with a quarterback because um, Anthony Richardson, we know we've talked about him quite a bit. It's off season. And I think what's interesting about him is that, you know, you're basically going to be calling him a sleeper. If you're basing this on the idea that he's going to give you value with his legs and like, so he's going to be able to pick up a lot of rushing yards. And I think that makes him a clear sleeper because of this now his passing numbers may not be there and quite frankly they may not catch up the entire season but if he can give you stuff with his legs that's where you're going to get you know a couple of those eight yard you know rushing touchdowns where they're inside the red zone and he can't find anybody you know on a quick read here and he's got to do something and he just makes a wild play I think you'll see that many times this season may not all result in touchdowns but I just think that's what will happen um, so I think to me, he's very clearly a guy that you're going to put near the top of this category just because of the production he can give you um, at the quarterback position and someone who can run the ball. And yeah. so um, I would probably say of the entire group here, and again, we'll we'll hit on a few other guys in a second, but if we just kind of put this on Anthony Richardson, he may be the one that's the most intriguing to me just because th- there is a pretty high ceiling just because of what he can do with his legs. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think he's – deep obviously but people aren't completely it's not like this is guys going in the 20s of qbs yeah. he's uh, i think qb 15 right now 
just ahead of Aaron Rodgers, and that obviously that has a lot to do with Aaron not being the the runner that he used to be. Like you just mentioned, with everything that Richardson can do with his feet, and uh, he's going to have to, uh, even if it's not designed runs, which there will be, I think they will occasionally. We we know what Sykin likes that was able to do with Jalen Hurts, and I don't know if you're going to take that right off the bat. Obviously, Jalen just such a uh, uniquely talented guy uh, in his ability. To, I think as a passer. Um, is, is top notch and not that Richardson doesn't have that potential. I, I, as I talked about with him back more around, later or after the draft, like I think he is a little more polished with some of his throws. It's it, and I think decision making wise, you saw some good things happen throughout the preseason. It, it seemed like he's able to see things happening with defenses more. Obviously, these are a lot more vanilla looks than you're going to be getting um, in the regular season, but nonetheless, um, still some simulated pressures and things he's able to call out uh, different coverages before plays and. What that means for him as a passer, we'll see. I think his arm, the talent's there. But, yeah, you see the the natural ability to run. And that offensive line, as we kind of talked about Jonathan Taylor and what happened last year, not the group that we had just a few years ago, and we talked about them as a top five, top six kind of group. So you're going to have times, I think, where Richardson, his ability to just avoid sacks in itself is a huge thing that's going to help um, in a lot of cases. Maybe he does try to force things too much, but we've seen so far he, he has that athleticism to get away, and sometimes that leads to five yards, but other times that leads to 20 yards if he makes one guy miss. And, um, yeah, I think uh, he definitely has a chance to – when I, I, I maybe would be picking him if I, if I get past Dak and I'm getting to that group of the Kirk Cousins, Geno's, and Daniel Jones, and I'm like, do I want to just have, you know, take a little bit of a flyer here and see what happens? Maybe I'll, I'll draft one more guy not too much later that I feel a little more secure about just being reliable throughout the season. But if I could get Richardson and he works out, yeah, I, I think maybe maybe this is more so going to be something that happens next season. Maybe we're a little ahead of the, the curve with, with Richardson, but yeah. I do think that he um, has a chance to be one of those uh, guys that's being – you know, not necessarily overly slept on for a reason. He's a rookie after all, but I, I think there's a chance that he's going to have a pretty great fantasy season. All right, running backs, we'll, we'll group a couple of these guys in together uh, in terms of like the sleeper category. You've got on our list here Khalil Herbert, which I think is a great one. We've seen him, and I think just again, just looking at the numbers, he is, what, Dylan? He's quite a bit down there. I'm looking at him right now. I think RB32. Yeah, so he's way down there, um, but – Again, I think you look at just sort of the – yeah, I mean, and the, he's he's one that you look at the numbers. Like, I could definitely see him kind of having – and we, we saw just some big games he's had as well. Um, you've also got J.K. Dobbins on here, um, another one, you know, again, I think for a team like that and understanding what his role is going to be on that team. It's not a bad um, idea to go with him as well. I'm trying to see if there's anyone else, like, running back-wise that I find interesting. Um it's always hard, right? Because, you know, it's like you can't pick one of the four Atlanta Falcons running backs anymore because you would assume they're just going <laughs> to have one guy doing that. I feel like it's it's always been the same, like with the Dolphins and um, teams like that. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think those two, I, I like those two choices in terms of guys who could sort of be sleepers, uh, again, kind of in that same range. I mean, I don't know if we call Damian Pierce a sleeper still. <laughs> um, if we yeah. do, I mean, I, I would put him in there, but it's just a matter of, again, um. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, who they they added Devin Singletary to the mix too, which you know could complicate things a little bit. But you and I were pretty high on Pierce last year, so yeah. I'd probably put him in there. I will mention one other guy. I don't know if we put him in the sleeper, but like to me, Alexander Madison. I mean, there's there's no one on this list that has more opportunity available to him. I feel yeah. like than than Alexander Madison. It's just 
you could put him in the breakout candidates or do you put him in the sleeper? Either way, I would probably maybe put him near the top of this group for me just because Dalvin Cook's not there anymore. And even though, you know, we haven't really seen Alexander Madison in this position before, I still feel pretty confident he's going to get plenty of opportunity and he looks like the clear number one guy there. Um, So I would put Madison probably pretty high on this list as a whole, not just in the running backs. Yeah, in a, in a world, in a fantasy running back world of a lot of guys having, as you just mentioned, um, you have even with the Jets too, with, with Dalvin and Brees. Um, you mentioned yeah. with with uh, Damian Pierce here in Houston, and now bringing in Montgomery. Like they they have some. It's just not as clear cut. And when you have an act of there being one guy, Madison being quoted as uh, the Vikings being. Uh, this is from Evan Silva. The Vikings have said that they're committed to him being the guy. I mean that. I know it's yeah. just one word, a couple words there, but I, I, as a fantasy owner, it's not something you hear all the time. Um, so I, I do think he has a the potential. They're also using him much more as a receiver, kind of as we saw Dalvin uh, over the years in Minnesota be utilized. So that they're fully expecting that Madison is going to be able to take over in that role. So um, yeah, I, you know my hesitations with the Vikings overall, and I don't <laughs> think I, I think again a team the offensive line kind of always t- teetering between is it. Is it, is it pretty good or is it pretty eh? And yeah. have at times been a better run blocking run blocking group, but um, yeah, I think Madison's a good one. I like him and Pierce, like you both said, they both could be, I guess, like more breakouts because people even, Madison, even as a backup mostly to Dalvin, he's been a guy that's been pretty prominent in the fantasy football world for a while, um, vulturing a lot of uh, moments there for for Dalvin, and at times being the full on starter when Dalvin got banged up. I think Pierce, though, yeah, excited to see what he can do. I think he definitely belongs in this in this group. Um, yeah, I'd mentioned Khalil Herbert because he's so far down and a team that I think is still going to run the ball quite a bit, and I don't think it's just going to be Justin. So, I, I, you know, I look at all these other running backs ahead of him, and it's like, yeah, there's a lot of good players, but are they going to have a, a team that, you know, teams a lot of times are going to, when they see that uh, kind of option going, they're going to s- stick with uh, Fields, not making sure he doesn't hurt them, then Herbert will just go and, even the the bursts of uh, energy we've seen from him at times with the Bears in the past, um, I, I just have a lot of faith in what he can do, and I think that I feel pretty good. Uh, none of these guys am I going to be like trying to reach kind of crazily for them, but yeah. uh, at least after that group, after them, I just I think there's a it kind of slides quickly to where I'm unsure about you know the overall production of what P Ryan's going to be in Denver. Brian Robinson and Washington's kind of been all over the place. Antonio Gibson, maybe Eric Bieniemy is using him more as a receiver and kind of sees that capability maybe he's going to rise there but i don't know out of this like group that he's around um i, I have a, a lot more confidence that khalil that's what, yeah i put him on here because i think he has a chance to, to really jump up to the group that's more so above him and then yeah i think dobbins i know that baltimore's had always a lot of running backs but if he's on the field and his what he can do when he's out there and i, I feel a little bit better about that being the case than past years i know they still have what melvin gordon and uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, a lot of the same names we've been saying for a while. But I think Dobbins are, can be the number one guy, really, if he just stays healthy. Maybe this is the year. Hopefully it is. Um, and I still think even if they are going to be passing the ball more, I still think there's going to be a heavy dose of him. They're, they're going to want to protect um, number eight as much as they can. So I think there's not always going to just be stuff, again, with uh, Lamar running, even if he has to in certain situations. I, I feel pretty good about Dobbins also in that same group. But I think, Madison, you made a good point. And just the fact that you feel like he is for sure the, the guy. And that's just not – I just don't know for a lot of guys as we go down this list if that's going to be the same case. All right. So let's talk about some wide receivers. Um, I know we've 
we kind of laugh like just pick a chief's wide receiver and go with them like pick one that you think may wind up being the guy we don't know who it's going to be as we talked about before we started recording sky Moore, Kadarius tony are both kind of in that same range yeah. like if you're looking at it just from like a you know a fantasy perspective and looking at where guys at marquez valdez scambling a little further down behind those guys um but you know it's never a bad op if, if you're going to take a flyer which some of these guys if you're looking at them as like sleepers you're just taking a chance on it right i took a chance on sky Moore last year didn't work out um <laughs> so I, you know wound up cutting him and it was fine everything worked out okay but if you want to take another chance i mean remember juju smith shooter's not there anymore he's in uh, new england with the patriots yeah. and so um yeah i would as we talked on i'd probably feel more confident in Katerius tony probably than, than any of the receiving group just because i think i think he has the highest ceiling of that group um i'm gonna give you one that i that i'm really interested in and there's a reason why i don't know how far you know he's not like he's around like the 35 to 40 range and everything i'm looking at in terms of like wide receiver rankings marquise brown with the cardinals now i know what you're saying the cardinals could be the worst team in the nfl which is exactly what you are curious about when it comes to picking a wide receiver, because that means this team is going to find themselves down by multiple <laughs> touchdowns at times. And guess who's not there anymore? DeAndre Hopkins is not there anymore. And I know everyone's going to be keying in on Marquise Brown. And we don't know what, you know, Kyler Murray situation, all that. We, we don't know. But I, I still just have to think that on a bad team, as we've seen before, Dylan, there is value for bad teams in fantasy. Oh yeah. And I think that Marquise Brown could be one of the more valuable options out there because i think he will get the targets i think they'll they'll be there and um it's an interesting note here like um fantasy pros has this through six weeks last season he was wide receiver seven in fantasy um yeah you know and that was without deandre hopkins because of the suspension right so yeah so i mean i'm not saying he's going to wind up being you know win you your your league or anything but i do think he's one that i I would not discount just because he could be on the worst team in the league, perhaps. I, I think mm-hmm. there's value in that, especially with what they want to do offensively, probably. So, um, which I know is different now, but it's not Cliff Kingsbury anymore. But he's just someone I'd circle as a possibility uh, in this group. So, I, I like it. I like I mean, that note that you said, mentioned about where he was as a fantasy receiver before Hopkins came back and what that could mean. I'm trying to see though with kyler as we know there's just the yeah. concerns about if they start slow are they really going to bring kyler back um and try to win a few games when they you know they have their pick houston's pick all these quarterbacks at the top of the draft a lot of things going on um that they've tried to say are not uh the case in terms of tanking um there's yeah the latest thing i see here is still no timetable for his return that's the only thing that concerns me but uh, like you said, they're going to be losing Josh a lot Dobbs of games. Josh Dobbs or Colt McCoy are going to be slinging that thing around oh, everywhere because they're not going to have a choice, man. So yep. Marquise and Brown has to catch at least five balls every game, somehow, some way. Yeah, they're going to be losing a lot, and they're going to have to be throwing a lot, as you're saying. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, and someone has to catch them, so, or at least try to. So, I, I yeah, I think tar- in terms of his targets per week, I'd be curious where Brown ends up compared to some of the guys around him. Absolutely how deep are those targets for given how fast this man is? I will see. <laughs> might be a lot of some, a lot of horizontal turn up the speed and yeah. go four yards on a, on a dig or uh slant. But yeah, um, I know Marquise is definitely in terms of the, his route running tree, a, a guy that is a deep threat. So maybe, you know, give him a chance to throw it up there. He can beat some dudes. Um, I, I like where your head's at there. And that same kind of range of guys, I know a lot of hype around another 
rookie with Jordan Addison. I still, my concern with him is obviously that Jefferson's still going to be just the number one guy, but does that make, open some things up for him? We'll see. It's hard to see some of the highlight catches that George Pickens makes and then think that he's not like a top fantasy receiver. It's just not the nature of the Steelers and the offense that they have. Even if I am kind of higher on what this team can do, I understand his range. I think you, you nailed it with Marquise Brown in this uh, kind of group. Um, the Chiefs receivers, I, as much as like going on, I'm like, all right, someone has to catch it. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see like four guys all with like solid like 600 yard seasons <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is, and like they all kind of just have balance across the board. And I think that's what they've kind of tried to, you know, since they traded Tyreek Hoard, they've evolved into not wanting. And some of the, the losses they had, the heartbreaking losses in the playoffs, where they just had little moments where. Man, these guys are um, at times as great as Kelsey and as great as Tyreek were. They felt like they were a little too dependent on just one guy and teams knowing who they wanted to go to, and the Bengals in particular kind of locking that up. And last year they were able to become just so hard to defend because you didn't know who was going to be getting the passes. And um, maybe I've talked myself just over the course of this out of um, that Kansas City conversation. But I think I think you do what you said. You take a flyer on a Tony or a, a Moore or someone – and then if it doesn't work, cut him and find another guy uh, quickly. Um, uh, you know, maybe not too quick, but at least have him on the bench for a sec. It doesn't work. Maybe pick up someone else. I know a lot of hype also around Zay Flowers, similar to like Pickens, where I'm like, as much as they want to say these teams are going to be throwing the ball more, uh, do I believe in, in just one guy being the fantasy receiver? I got uh, in those offenses. I got to wait to see that before it happens. Um, I think Brandon Cooks has some interesting value in Dallas. I do think that he is a burner. And what he they might want to use him for in that offense and how he fits in for for the Cowboys. Um, I know he was obviously had a really high target volume in Houston and that made him a little more valuable fantasy wise. But I wouldn't I'm not sleeping so much on Cooks here. They have him as at the beginning of tier six, the 40th receiver. Another guy maybe taking a flyer on and seeing hey if he becomes a true number two receiver for an offense that's in the top five potentially. Uh, I feel pretty good about that one. So yeah, it's. Um, it's an interesting group of trying to figure out sleepers. Just a lot of these names, again, they're not necessarily guys you're sleeping on. Maybe um, in terms of their spots, and you can make arguments for where they belong. But um, yeah, I think Marquise Brown. I think you nailed one of the, probably the the best ones to eye that guy. If you if you get him right around his ADP, snatch him up um, because yeah, it does quickly get to a place where oh wow, this guy looks talented. This, I'm excited to see what Odell does with Baltimore. I'm excited to. See what Lazard can do still with Rodgers. I'm excited to see what Quentin Johnson can do with the Chargers. But do I have a ton of faith these guys are going to be sleepers that pan out from a fantasy perspective? Not as much. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I think you're kind of just really trying to figure out exactly um, you know, what this group could look like. And I'll tell you one other guy, Dylan, I'm looking at here. Um, <laughs> boy, it's interesting to go to the Broncos offense, but... My goodness, I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, injuries have been a theme for that wide receiver yep. group. Tim Patrick, I guess, is Tim Patrick out for the season? He tore his Achilles, oh. right? Yeah, um, and, yeah, he had last year sure. the, the season injury, yeah, and the I think it was ACL another one. injury last year. Yeah. yeah, I think he tore his Achilles. I think he's out for the year. Um, yep. Jerry Judy got injured. I don't know exactly what the timeline is on Jerry Judy. I know Several weeks is what it said. Yeah. yeah. So that opens up opportunity at least in the short term for a guy like marvin mims who mm. they traded up um to get him in the second round keep that in mind remember like this isn't a late round guy like he's, he was at oklahoma just a very explosive wide receiver um you know again if you're banking on this broncos offense being better which as we said before it has to be um sean payton's there now they can't be worse than they were last year it's just i don't think it's possible 
I would I would take a a late round look at Marvin Mims if he's there because again he's a rookie and we know how this works in drafts, Dylan. If you're drafting, sometimes you're just going to go with the known, right? Like a lot of people, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who don't want to take a chance on rookies because you don't have that that data from last year to look like look at. So it's just it's one of those things. I would definitely give him a look again if you're just thinking that the offense is going to be better. Patrick's out for the year. Judy is out for at least for several weeks. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you're going to start Marvin Mims in week one, but he's someone I would, I would, you know, take a chance on maybe if you're just looking at that, you know, final spot or two on your roster and you're like, all right, this guy could break out, have a huge season. Um, I think it's possible uh, because I, I think, you know, again, with, with what Sean Payton wants to do and because they clearly valued his skills to trade up to get him, um, I would, I would put him in that category. So. I like where your head's at. I think it, it, there's a, they got the little green arrow on fantasy pros for him. I think his value is definitely played up for those reasons, for those injuries, but also just what they've kind of said about him, why they traded up to get him, and what he kind of means. I, I think he complements well to what Sutton does, and um, obviously he's going to be probably with Sutton more of the, the true X kind of receiver. Mims, super fast guy that's going to be working over the middle, maybe in shorter areas. But if you're in a PPR league, half PPR, that could lead to quite a few targets and a lot of – a lot of plays, like you said, I think take him late if you can. Um, you're just kind of at the toward later in drafts. So you're trying to find guys that are like, all right, do I feel good about them on the bench, and do they have that kind of pop chance? Um, and there's not again, there's so many talented receivers, but do they from a fantasy fantasy perspective, do they have that kind of ability to really make a difference? And I think yeah, if if we see uh, Denver become at least a somewhat competent passing game. Uh, and I think you, you've seen at times with two different guys and having those two options that Russell really trusts um, at times uh, there in whether it be Curse and Baldwin to more the more recently Lockett and Metcalf, I, you see a lot of success. So maybe Marvin has a chance to kind of break in there. I like that one for sure. I think there's uh, some good value there. I, I know people are high on Mingo with Carolina as well, yeah. but for the reason they're a little more in that kind of thing where I'm like, is this team going to – quickly figure things out on that side and i have some concerns more about the offensive line and i know denver's not like perfect there but maybe maybe I'm at, between the two even though they got mingo a few spots higher i'm feeling for the reasons you explained mostly i think i'm i'm taking mims in that spot over him maybe a guy for just trying to still, still see in this range i know if john mechie potentially with houston i know he missed a lot of time obviously as he recovered um from cancer and so glad he's just out there and and was playing the preseason and looked pretty good i know um had so i think he had a hamstring thing that popped up at one point but nonetheless uh with how deep he is i mean maybe another stash guy uh, depending on what you think of cj stroud but um i think you're i think mims out of that three that group of uh younger receivers and i'm actually not a rookie but um maybe i'm i'm thinking that mims is the guy too I, i agree with you I feel like with the Panthers, it's one of those things where like, I feel like it's just like a like, completely new offense. Like, you've got Bryce Young. Miles Sanders is there now. As we said, like, DJ Chark's there. Adam Thielen. Like, Mingo. It's just so many. Yeah. yeah, like, so many new faces that you just – I don't feel confident about drafting any of those guys. Like, I want to see, first of all, how everyone's role is going to be. Um, you know, it's nice for Frank Reich to have a lot of, you know, new toys to play with here in terms of, like, it is pretty much so many new guys – and then, by the way, don't forget, they've got, like, a Terrace Marshall is still there. Um, he's someone mm-hmm. that's shown flashes. They've got LaVisca Chenault, too. So it's like, yeah, I, I think Jonathan Mingo, you know, speed is, is definitely in, in just seeing him with what he could do at Ole Miss. But 
man, I, I, I want to take a wait-and-see approach on the Panthers right now, um, even if they could wind up having a lot of guys that could produce from a fantasy production standpoint. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there with that. All right, Dylan, there were our thoughts on fantasy stuff heading into the 2023 season. We said a lot of stuff there, potential breakout candidates, sleeper picks, uh, looking at the top guys at each position. But even more, Dylan, uh, over at Clutch Points to get everybody ready for the upcoming season. So everybody know where we can find all that. Yeah, for you know, if you're still drafting, hopefully you're still drafting. Uh, again, wait till the to the end as yes. far as you can before the end of the season. But go to clutchpoints.com to the fantasy section at the top of the page. We have yeah detailed breakdowns of sleepers, breakout candidates, all the things we kind of talked about here, as well as the top uh, players at every position. So you can go to the fantasy section there on the website. Also, the NFL section for all news breakdowns of. Uh, overall starting now just to look ahead at entire season predictions we'll be doing ours on our next episode but also uh, kind of team by team breakdowns you can find an nfl section on the website and the clutch points app and yeah no more preseason games but that's all right because we're what 10 days by the time you listen this nine days away from the season opener i i couldn't be more juiced to see the lions which is just a, a really fun thing to say so uh, and obviously the defending super bowl champions but yeah it should be a lot of fun and yeah we have all that covered at clutch points in the nfl sections of our app and the website and the rams rams making a comeback this year you heard it here first so hey we'll um, see that early part of the schedule is brutal as you talked yeah, about last brutal. episode it's brutal um i will try to get dylan's rams back on track here this they season. lost 41 nothing to the broncos they're getting revenge for that well, christmas day game last year you know i mean it's preseason <laughs> i know um, come on so no i'm just kidding <laughs> we'll see what happens check out everything at clutch points uh, including coverage of the rams uh, and broncos as well but um check it all out there any podcast app you use search for Stabs to pass Thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. Awesome. There we go. Click the stop thing. Click the stop thing. Click the stop thing. Click the stop thing. Click the stop thing.